This audio orgasm is not safe for work and is strictly for adults only. Now, let's get it on. We've had two episodes so far where my fiance has thrown up based off of the content. <laughs> is, that, is that on mic? Oh, yeah. Well, she... Uh, <laughs> The, the aristocrats one is one of them. Uh, I mean, she's also pregnant, so it makes it a little easier to do that. Yeah. Another episode where we were talking about, like, one of our co-hosts learned about a new word called munging, and we broke out, we broke down what it was, and she just had to fucking, she had to, she had to go. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to take a stab at this, just because I think I've heard it before. Is that when you suck on a dead person's asshole and or vagina? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Take it down a notch, motherfucker. Okay. Hello, and welcome to the Po' Boys Podcast. I'm your host, that motherfucker Jody B. And tonight, special guest, fellow podcaster, and uh, recently uh, uh, renovated the, the shop, actually, so we're going to get into all that. But uh, currently host of the What the Doc podcast. I'm listening to some of the episodes, and I believe he's an avid fan of comedy and movies and music and all kinds of shit. So I think we're just going to sit here and jaw for a little bit, and hopefully it's entertaining. So welcome to the show this evening, Brandon. What's up? Thanks for having me on, man. Absolutely. Well, hey, thank you for coming. And, uh, you know, it's it's worked out pretty cool the last few weeks. People have just kind of fell into my lap and you did exactly the same. <laughs> so it's great, man. <laughs> like it, it used to be really hard to get people to come talk to me. And so like now it's nice to have folks just, you know, hey, man, you know, what's up? You want to chat? And I'm like, Yes. <laughs> well, well I, I, I saw that you had uh, mentioned it earlier on Twitter that you were looking to get me on at some point. And at the time, I was like, yeah, I ain't looking to do guest spots and shit. But I was like, yeah, I should, I should fucking hit him up and see if he still wants to do that. Yeah. No, and I appreciate it, man. It's cool because I have been at this for a little while now. So I think I see how the process works to some extent. And I believe that guest spots are kind of the way to go. If you really want to blend and you're entertaining, go and try to be entertaining for other people's listeners. So I'm happy to have you. And hopefully uh, you'll reach out and touch a few motherfuckers this evening. So uh, hopefully that's my plan. So uh, first and foremost, sir, would you care to give me kind of a rundown just for the people? Because when I met you, you were doing a different show. I don't want to dead name you. The show before was not exactly what you're doing now, or was it? Or like- yeah, well, I originally started doing Sack 'Em Up Sundays, which I still think is one of the worst fucking names in podcasting history. <laughs> My buddy's show is called the Wheelbarrow Full of Dicks. <laughs> well, I mean, that's pretty good though. <laughs> it's it's hilarious, but he says yeah, that all the time. He said it kind of it hinders him in uh, interviews and stuff like doing press and trying to oh, oh yeah they, they, can't, they can't really write that one down well it's just you know if you're a professional 
and you receive email correspondence from a podcast that is interested in having an actor or so, you know, a director or something, and it's like, yeah, it's the Wilbur Dicks. <laughs> <laughs> so shout out to Mike. Hey, buddy. Fuck yeah, man. Um, but yeah, we we started doing Sack 'em Up Sundays like last year at some point, and uh, at the time it was me and a guy that I was buying weed from. And it was just the fucking, you know, we sit in front of the mic, shoot the shit. And it was fine for a little while until, you know, I got, I got the rhythm of what I wanted to do. And, uh, I ended up, he ended up leaving the show. Um, uh, I don't speak to him anymore. And I decided to do a whole new format with everything. And I, I really like, uh, watching documentaries and shit. So that's what brought on this new show, What the Doc, that I do. It's basically me, uh, this guy I work with, Dan, and then we have like a rotating bunch of co-hosts that hop on each week. And we watch a random fucked up documentary. And we, you know, we try to learn some weird things about human nature and shit. And then we take two terrible songs each week and we put them against each other for the title of Shitty Song of the Week. Oh, man. You broke my heart a couple times. Or maybe it was red. <laughs> I don't know. I think we had some words about it. Fucker. Well, well, that that was, uh, I believe that was the Scootin' and yeah. Chattahoochee. That's not good, man. That's like peanut butter and jelly getting into a fight. That's not okay. I don't know who to well, pick. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I love letting the uh, letting the guests co- like participate. So if they have a suggestion for a shitty song that they want to do or whatever, I'll fucking – I got no problem. Even if I like it, I'll put it up there. Like I'm looking at the list of, of winners that I've got so far and half of them I like. Yeah. So they're still – even if they're, they're shitty songs, they're not terrible. I could probably dig up some sh- – I'm a, a bit of a music nut and I'm – you know, through the download era of, of music consumption. Yeah, I, uh, I accrued quite a bit of it. And so I'm a, a fan of all kinds. That's why I figured it would be interesting to have a chat with you because you seem like you also have a pretty wide range in the, the music stuff, huh? Oh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So it's nice. You got some variety, man. Oh, yeah, man. You, you, you can't keep listening to the same shit. And I mean, I, right after I say that, I think to myself, well, fucking... Rock and Rio from Iron Maiden is one of the best damn albums, and you listen to it all the fucking time. Yeah. I always heard people say, you know, the cranky old guy, man, music ain't what it used to be, man, shit like that. <laughs> I really do think whoever has said this recently that you, like, attach to your teenage years, that's where you get stuck musically. And I think it's true, even to this point. I mean, I'm I'm kind of stuck between 1990 and 2010. <laughs> you know, you, you, you're kind of right with that. And I'll extend it out to maybe like your early 20s. Like, I think that your musical taste really stops there. Because I, I, I got into, I, I grew up on a lot of punk rock and classic rock shit. And then I, I, I started smoking weed and doing whatever in high school. And I merged over to the jam band scene. And I've been to a bunch of music festivals and shit, and I mean, I it I guess, I guess it I guess it branches out as it goes on, but I haven't really listened to anything new, new per se since like my early twenties or so. It gets tough. I uh, when I was working the the last job I was at, my truck like the antenna broke or some shit one day, and uh, it just I didn't have a data plan for the phone, and I had to listen to local radio, and the only station I could get was like the hot 107 or some shit like that today's hit shit so there's like two years man that i was all in that ariana grande and shit like <laughs> i wasn't happy about it but it was the only music i could get and they literally play the same song every eight minutes so oh, yeah I, I remember what's the lately i've been i've been the uh, i know stars it is, or whatever yeah. I, 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 
Yeah, I heard that song a million times one summer. So, <laughs> fuck pop music. They can have it. Taylor Swift gives a good one every once in a while. I appreciate that bitch because she works hard. Uh, she's, dude, dude, fu- dude, fuck that cunt, man. She she did, <laughs> she did a cover <laughs> of Earth, Wind, and Fire's September. And I don't know if you've heard it yet, but it's like the she t- she somehow managed to take the most positive, upbeat, like danceable tune and made it this ultra depressing, super fucking like like I felt like getting a noose ready to fucking go listening to that damn thing. Okay, well, hey, check this out. So you want to know the cool part about my show? I do. When we do stuff like this, uh, we get to listen so- to it. I was going to say, something tells me you got it at the ready. No, I'm getting it at the ready. I got my YouTube <laughs> right here. And uh, I got to hear this. I appreciate shitty covers, and there's a few that have genuinely made me upset. There's a few recently that have made me very upset. So <laughs> we can get into that if you fucking want to. Oh, I'm uh, down. I want to hear this first and just see just how mad I want to feel about it. So You know the song that I'm talking about beforehand, right? I don't think I do. Like, maybe it, I'm... It's a September from September. Earth, Wind, and Fire. It's a, it's oh, like an old, yeah, yeah, old, the disco like, song. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. And she did that. Yep, with a banjo. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, hold on. Do you I gotta breathe it in. It's like a, it's like a fart. It's gotta develop. Just hold on. Okay, so let me say this. I don't, I don't hate that, but I'll tell you why. The reason that I get uh, personal with cover songs is because I think if you're going to do a cover song, you should kind of make it your own thing. Even if it's bad, <laughs> take it <laughs> and make it your own. The shit that I can't stand, like the stuff that really pisses me off is a karaoke cover. Oh, absolutely! Like, and I, I, I agree. I will give you. I will give Taylor Swift the smallest little bit of credit there, where she did. She did take that song and make it totally her own. Yes, but it's the direction it's in which good. she took hey, that song. Not great, man. And I get it. I would. I can understand your frustration, <laughs> especially if you're a fan of the original. That's not oh it. yeah, um, Billy Corgan singing "Landslide" is probably one of the worst things I've ever heard in my life. Like that oh, makes God, me Billy. physically hurt. And I like the Smashing Pumpkins. I really do. Like, there's a few songs that get me fucking amped, but there's something about him singing that song that l- makes me want to slam my dick in a drawer. It's, well, it's you. You can sense the pretentiousness in his vocals <laughs> as he's singing it. It, it, I agree, man. It's one of the. I'm guys. not even gonna play it. Like I fuck that song. I hate <laughs> like, it. Like I, like I'm not. I, like I like uh, Fleetwood Mac and Stevie Nicks and shit. And like I'm Landslide isn't the best song. It's like it's like the Stairway to Heaven of Fleetwood Mac songs. It's so yeah, fucking it's overplayed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
The Dixie but, Chicks did an okay version of it. It's all right. Yeah. I mean, you can you can make it a good song, but like like of all the things for Corgan to do, man, that was that was a that was a fucking terrible choice. It's a dick move at the very least. So, do you listen to '90s country music at all? Are you a fan? Uh, I mean, I have. I I can't say that I'm a fan of it. Are you a Brooks and Dunn fan? At all? Eh, not not really. No. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm I nothing we'll against them. It just it just. I mean, I listened to them a lot when I was younger. Like yeah. my, my mom listened to it so i grew up around it sure but i i sort of just not away from that. you're not a fan though yeah but i'm saying like you uh, you can appreciate the fact that there are some songs that would be considered like classic songs yes oh yeah absolutely right the song neon moon by brooks and dunn are you familiar with that song uh top of my head now okay slow song right fairly slow yeah table for two kind of whiny yeah back. yep so it's a song about uh you know a guy whose old lady left him and he's out boozing it right he's fucking sad standard country protocol absolutely beneath the night of the neon moon brandon so listen this is this is the point right yep it's pretty two-part harmony hmm Sad-ass country song. Yeah, it's a good one, though. It's one of my favorite songs, and maybe that's part of the problem. Now, <laughs> there's a there's a way bigger problem with this. Uh, okay. They signed off on this. So recently, Brooks and Dunn did a CD, all of covers of their songs that they duetted with, like, new country singers. So it's Brooks and Dunn songs done by other people. With Brooks and Dunn. Like, they jump in on a bunch of the songs. Okay, but, I, I could get behind it. It's not the worst idea. So he's like, they're like showcasing, basically. That's cool, because there's a couple of covers on there that are actually pretty damn good, in my opinion. So I don't want to shit on the whole album. But <laughs> the cover of this song, uh, the Casey Musgraves lady, and she's been around a little while, and she's like another one of the pop country chicks that are coming through the, the thing. Uh, this is a cover of her singing that song. What the fuck? The sun goes down on my Listen, she has a pretty voice. She does. I don't think she's a bad singer. I really don't. So the problem is, uh, the song feels up-tempo. It's a sad song. That's the point. So that's my first issue. I'm like, that's the wrong pattern. Like, that's the wrong beat for this song. Well, yeah, that that, that bass line is fucking unreal for what's going on in the rest of the song. Right. So. It, it has like a country version of a share song. 
Like, like I'm just expecting at some point to. <laughs> I hated it. Like it, just, it popped on the radio, and I was like, "What the fuck is that?" And I got like ill. Like, like you, it's yeah. just hard to follow what the fuck is going on. I, I was immediately drawn to the baseline and like how fucking upbeat and fast it was. And like, okay, sweet, you know, this might not be that bad. And then. And then you hear the slow, twangy country fucking laugh steel guitar in the background, and then fucking the voice. I, I, it had no, it didn't know where it wanted to go. Yeah, listen, uh, she sings other songs. Great, they should have left that song alone. Sorry, <laughs> my opinion. There's, I think my wife and I were just talking about this the other night. I don't think that uh, artists should put cover songs on albums. Okay, so so do you like? Like, just release them up on YouTube or wherever the fuck they put them and play that's them, it? Play them live, concerts, make okay. that an experience. I think it's cheating. Not cheating like doing anything bad, I guess, but cheating your fan a little bit or your listener, whatever you want to call them. I mean, I didn't pay $16 or whatever for fucking two or three of somebody else's songs. Now, I understand if it's, you know, most songs are written by other people and shit, but I'm just talking about like a full blown redo. There's been a lot of people doing that lately, especially in rock. And, uh, I don't know how I feel about it. There's a few things that have been okay. There's a few things not so much. <laughs> now, now, what about, what about bands that do solely covers? Like Me First and the Gimme Gimmies is one of the greatest punk bands and they are pretty much exclusively all cover songs. I can ex- I can excuse that, like we were talking earlier about making music your own. And if you're talking about like a genre swap, that extreme, you know, like because punk is its own thing, it really is. You can punk rock any song. Uh, oh yeah, to the point that it completely changes it structurally. So I think that's a little different. But that's really, I guess, the only one you could maybe turn into rap music. Like if you're sampling and stuff, that's acceptable. Yeah, but I I, I don't feel like that's but it's a illegal. <laughs> but you're yeah. sampling the beat, yeah, yeah. In most cases, it's illegal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you gotta ask permission first. I don't know, man. Like Five Finger Death Punch has been doing it a lot lately. My wife just discovered Five Finger Death Punch like three weeks ago. Oh wow! Yeah, dude, she's taking it to the head. Um, I think she's listened to all al- all albums <laughs> multiple times. And now it's like all she listens to, and Five Finger Death Punch stations, which is cool because you know I'm I like Godsmack and stuff like that. So right, <laughs> but I just didn't see that one coming, you know. <laughs> no, and, and Five Finger Death Punch does a shit ton of covers, man. And, and like, if I have to hear Disturbed's version of the Sound of Silence one more fucking time, I'm gonna lose my shit. Yeah. I didn't hate it. Look at me. I'm sounding like some kind of snob. I'll tell you what, if I know it. Well, I know, right? Meh. <laughs> uh, I think, I wish he would have went a little harder at the end. Like, I, it's like it built with like a letdown. It was like blue balls. For me, I felt yeah. him progressing through that song. And I felt like there was a point where he should have went full David Draymond. <laughs> and he didn't. He kind of pulled it back. And it's like, what? Well, don't do I got- that. I was ex- like, I was expecting the guitar to pick up or like a solo, fucking a- anything. I like it just it kept the same fucking beat. It, it, it had like um I can't remember the name of like, it was one of Beck's later albums where he won all those fucking awards and oh, Kanye got on, on his shit. Like, it had a real orchestral feel to it, which was nice and it was different. But like, and the first couple times I listened to it, I was like, okay, this is pretty solid. But man, they played that shit. They beat that to the fucking ground, man. <laughs> I like a good band. Like, uh, I just discovered 
Oh, fuck. I, I, I really did discover him, didn't I? Um, <laughs> Nathaniel Ratcliffe and the Night Sweats. That okay. Fucking guy. The son of a bitch song, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, I, if, I, if I heard it, I might know it, but... I know I'm making you do all this work, man. No, no, no. I'm very, I'm happy right now because if you're a music person, then I hope everybody will will give this a shot. I just got to keep remembering what songs I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Do you know who uh, Zach Brown is? Oh yeah. Now t- take away the douchiness. I'm saying just being funny. Looks, this is a, just a chubby white dude with a beard, and he wears a funny hat. And uh, man, I, I dig this band. It's got horns. It's heavy percussion. I mean. I'm trying to think. Like, it's like the Blues Brothers. You ever listen to the, the old, like, the Blues Brothers album and shit? And some of the oh, hell stuff, yeah. Right? I, I dig that shit. I like big band shit. Fucking blood, sweat, and tears, you know. And, uh, dude, this, this shit grabbed me. And I've literally just been rolling through these guys' uh, albums. And they're they're all great. Like, the it's happy music. Nathaniel Ratliff and the Night Sweats. This song is called SOB. This shit makes me happy. It reminds me of, uh, like, Yakety Yak. Remember that song? Oh, fuck it, dude. I, I literally just heard that shit today at work. Yeah. It's pretty catchy. Yeah. Oh, it's about to get you, dude. I'm on need someone to help me. I'm on need somebody's help. It's got the head bobbing. Oh, buddy. I'm on need someone I'm about to make a fan out of you, motherfucker. I'm on a ride <laughs> and shake my body. I start cooling out my hair. You I'm almost there. It's, it's fucking good. I know, but it is gonna give a Watch damn. it. Son of a bitch. Oh, shit. Give me a drink. some damn good shit right there we run it back they fucking hit it they hit uh uh like a ah uh, here i'll just jump it fuck they take it all the way up they take it all the way down my heart is breaking and the shaking bugs are crawling all over me he's about to lose his fucking shit my heart is breaking yeah and the shaking yeah bugs are crawling all over me Testify, motherfucker. My hands are shaking. Yeah. Hands are shaking. Bugs are crawling all over me. My hands are shaking. Hands are shaking. Bugs are crawling all over me. Word. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Give me a drink. Whole album. It's it's that or something better. Big band horns, fuck, dude. That's just catchy, man. I was getting into it. I love when vocalists push their their vocal cords to those points where, like, he had a sort of James Brown sort of feel at one point where he's just, hey, you know? he's just screaming. This Sam Cooke, like this fucking, that's some old shit, man. It's you know, oh, yeah. uh, if you go through the cat like the song list and shit, I get a lot of Otis Redding, you know, shit like that where he's just fucking getting it, and uh, I'm a fan. Damn, dude, you're breaking out some old school shit. No, this is new. Otis Redding? 
Oh, no, shit. I was about to <laughs> rap with you. Yeah. Otis yeah. Redding, man. I got into blues later, and I'm not, like, fucking deep off into it, but there's some shit that I really did get into. I did, like, a full roll through of Lead Belly. I don't even know who that is. He's, like, an old fucking blues musician dude who probably wrote a lot of songs that you've heard and enjoy and stuff like that. It's just old slave guy with a 12-string acoustic guitar just pounding the shit out of it. My girl, my girl, don't lie to me. Tell me where did you sleep last night? Come on, tell me, baby. Yonder come a miserable day. I knew her, do you know? Well, I know about April and the dress she wore. I'm a river on the shoulder. Paper in a hand. Well, I'm going and ask the governor. He's trying to lose my man. Let the midnight special shine a light on me. Never look beyond. Let the midnight special. Never look yonder. Never look yonder. Where the sun done gone. The camera can't hold him. Camera can't hold him. I'm a can't hold them. No way I do. Yes, I hate got a gold mine. I got a gold mine. I got a gold mine. Way above Way down in New Orleans. I call the right answer. I've been the run of a many bulls, boy. In New York. When I was a little baby, my mother. Rock me in the cradle And I'm more old Confused at home When I was a little baby My mother would rock me in the cradle And I'm old Confused at home When I was a little baby Baby, my mama would rock me in the cradle And I'm old John Hardy was a Negro, and he's a desperate man, and he carried two six shooters. John Hardy, he was a desperate little man. He carried two guns every day. He shot a man on the West Virginia line. Might have seen John Hardy getting away. Might have seen John Hardy getting away. I'll tell you about it. Oh, fuck yeah. It's beautiful, man. <laughs> I don't know if you ever had like you any any artist that you kind of get just a, a taste of, and then all of a sudden you go like way down the rabbit hole. And you're like, I want to hear everything they've ever done ever. Yeah, um, <laughs> it, it, it's like my my taste. Like that. I love trying out new shit. Um, I got real because I'm a I'm a musician. I mean, it's been a little bit since I played, but I used to play a lot of a uh, acoustic instrumental guitar. Ooh, um, okay. Yeah. It, it, I got real into a lot of them. Um, they, they call it finger style music. So it's just like, uh, 
when you see those crazy fucks like using the acoustic guitars as like drum kits and tapping on with yeah. all eight fingers I got and a shit. Cousin, uh, my wife's cousin does it. It's an amazing talent. I hope I, I imagine you're probably pretty damn good at it, huh? Well, I, I mean, I, I'd like to think so. I, I play, I played for like 16 years. I put it down. <laughs> I put it down for a little while. Um, shit, you know, life happens and whatnot. But I'll, I'll tinker around with it every now and again. That's. I wish I would have learned, man. I just, I never did, and it just doesn't click with me for some reason. I've tried fucking with a harmonica, and uh, that doesn't work great. I can play Star Wars like a motherfucker, though. <laughs> hey, a there writer. you go. Yeah, but I don't know. I like. Uh, I'm more lyrics. Just kind of how it is, and I like singing songs. And ever since I was little, I've just memorized songs. So there's, I got a karaoke bank in my head, which is great for when you're bored or you got, you know, nothing to do. You just drive down the street and fucking <laughs> whip shit out acapella. Right. Yeah. My my singing voice, I always thought it was terrible, so I never really did much vocal shit. So that's why I, I always stuck to instrumental stuff. I'm like, if I can't sing, I'm just going to fucking shred on this damn thing. Oh, man. I try to sing. The problem is, and this is, I don't know if this happens to musicians. I would imagine if you do. So my problem is I'm okay at karaoke singing. Like, I'll try to sound like a few people. Yeah. And there's a few that I think I can do pretty well. But uh, the problem is that's all you ever try to do. So then you end up just sounding like somebody else. So why would you, unless you want to be like a wedding singer or something, I guess probably do that. Yeah. Man, <laughs> it's, it, there's a career in that, but I feel like if you're going to just give up and do wedding singer shit, then what's the point? I don't know. It depends on what kind of shit you're getting. Cause old Greta Van Fleet could probably cash a few million dollars pretending to be Robert Plant in a tribute band for the next 15 to 20 years till he blows his vocal cords out his ass, but he'll only be 35 by then. So it's fine. <laughs> Dude, like, I, I, I didn't, I didn't even realize who it was. Like, I, I swear to God, I was like, I heard Greta Van Fleet for the first time. I'm like, wow, fucking Robert Plant's got like a new album. That's pretty badass. It's like, and I'm like, holy shit, did Zeppelin get back? Like, what the fuck is going on here? And then my friend's like, oh, no, that's Greta Van Fleet. It's amazing. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't know what they looked like until uh, they, did a, they did a musical spot on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. And I, the lead singer is like this fucking Frodo-looking hobbit dude. They're babies. It's crazy. They're babies. <laughs> and you look at them and you just go like, oh, man, the stories that will be written about Greta Van Fleet. For real, man. I, I bet those shows are crazy, too. Yeah. I mean, you can do something that I would say less than 100 people in the world can do, which is match even some of the notes. But not only that, you can do your own shit and get new angles at it at this point. Like, you've got Robert Plant's voice, but you're 20, and you've already got it. Like, well, it's not, it's not even just the it. vocals. Like every everyone in that group has Led Zeppelin down to a fucking well, T. Now hold on just a goddamn second. Uh, <laughs> I see what you're saying, but it's the same thing my buddy said, so I kind of have to. And you, as a musician, I should probably watch you with a fucking newspaper for that. <laughs> Jimmy Page would have a little something to say about it. Oh, <laughs> well, well, look, just 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 because you can recreate somebody's sound doesn't mean you can make it your own. Right. I, I get it, but that's what, you know, the singer guy is on point. And if for some reason his band falls apart, if he doesn't go to get residency <laughs> in Vegas as a Zeppelin cover artist, or he doesn't do that on the weekends, he's out of his fucking mind. 
<laughs> now, how much do you think it would take for a Robert Plant and that guy to do like a duet album? I don't think Robert Plant would do it. Why would he? He'd get shown I, I, up. Well, well I, I know. And he's got, I mean, I know he's got enough fuck you money. Like, I know, um, was it Richard Branson a few years, like a like bunch of years back, offered him almost a billion dollars to re- reunite Zeppelin for like a three city tour? <laughs> and he was like, nah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that, that's some ballsy shit right there. I don't know, man. Like, I think at a certain point, this what another friend of mine, we were talking about it, and he was like, you know, you either are in it for the money or you're in it for the, you know, the love of the game. That's what it is. That's, oh. you'll sell your fucking soul. But if anybody had a reason to, <laughs> that guy, I'd be okay with it. Go yeah. on, Greta Van Fleet guy. <laughs> you go sing your fucking ass off and cash them million dollar checks. Just stay away from the blow and uh, wrap it up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Peace be with you, cocksucker. So I wanted to talk to you about uh, your latest episode as of now. Now, this this show should come out relatively soon. You just did an episode on the Aristocats. Kratz. The Aristocats. <laughs> Hold on, I'm gonna get it. The Aristocrats. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I'm I'm about halfway through it. That's a great joke, ain't it? Like I was talking to a buddy of mine a- about it because he's trying to I guess write you a little something, and we were breaking it down. And I really wanted to get into it with you. I don't know if you're still in Aristocrats mode. <laughs> oh, dude, point. I had I have been in that mode since like I first saw that movie like ten years ago. <laughs> right. Okay. If anybody that doesn't know what the aristocrats joke is, go look it up. Watch Gilbert Godfrey. Watch Bob Saget. They're both like the prime examples of what what the joke is about. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's a whole bunch of horrible shit. I appreciate the joke because yeah, I think it takes somebody who has a different kind of brain to successfully construct that joke. Now, you could be a great writer and probably write it down. But I think that there's something to it, especially if they're actually freestyling it. And, uh, man, you really want to get a look at somebody's soul? Get them to tell you an aristocrat's joke. Oh, yeah. It's, see where it's, it's really the, the best way to tell just how fucking dark and depraved someone really is. It is one of the most psychological jokes I've ever heard. And the reason is because that's coming out of their brain. And in, in some cases, right off. Like, so I was talking to the guy about writing his bit. And we're going back and forth. And he's like, well, I want to do this. And I said, I think the point is try to imagine it in your head. (laughs) He was like, you think so? And I go, I think that's the trick. I think the way to construct that joke and the way some of these people will do it is they literally can imagine in their head and they're seeing. And as like WWE Jim Ross or some shit, they're sitting there commentating what they're seeing in their head right then and there. So at the end of the day, you can really get to the bottom of somebody's brain if you hang in there long enough and just see how deep the fucking hole goes. And I think it's crazy to, to see some of the shit from that documentary in particular. <laughs> it just rattles out of people's heads, man. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's unreal. That's what I love about it, too. Like, um, It's not so much the joke itself that's that's what's funny about it. Like, I've, I've shown this joke and various versions of it to a bunch of people and I've told my own versions of it every now and again. 
Um, and like most people, they don't get it. They're always like, well, I don't understand what's the big deal about the punchline. And it, it's not the punchline that's what's funny. And it's not even the filler that's like, it's just the point of how fucking, how far are you able to take it? Right. There's some uh, really twisted motherfuckers in the comedy <laughs> game, man. Oh, yeah. Godfrey surprised the fuck out of me, though, when I first saw that. Because I, I, I knew that he was a stand-up. But at that time, I didn't know much about his career aside from, like, his voiceover work and his, like, movie appearances and shit. So when he starts talking about, like, fist-fucking your daughter and having her asshole bleed, and I'm like, holy yeah, man. shit, man. Dude, so when I was in high school, uh, a long, long time ago, it wasn't that long ago, uh, it's probably 2002, 2003, uh, Robin Williams, live on Broadway. I don't know if you ever saw that. Nope. Oh, <laughs> okay. So I I grew up with Robin Williams, man. Like Mrs. Doubtfire, Aladdin. Oddly enough, uh, you know Jack and d- dude. There's so many Robin Williams movies. Popeye, different shit that just kind of fell into my my viewing as a young kid. Right. So I grew up with this motherfucker, and then in high school, somebody goes, "Hey, I got this thing," and I watched it. And Robin Williams, that it's filthy. It's dis- it's not Bob Saget filthy, but if you're used to, you know, Genie, Robin Williams. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's far from that. I like, think he opens with something about, you made me orgasm up front, let's have a cigarette, let's relax, we're here in New York, <laughs> fucking New York. He said, this will not be your normal night of theater, this will be Shakespeare with a strap on. <laughs> Damn. And then he just goes, you know, and that was, I think... With comedy, I didn't realize there was dirty comedy till I got a little older. You know, like I had heard a few things here and there, but I didn't know like how fucking broad it was. And then by the time I got to high school, dude, I got the download shit, and yeah, <laughs> I love stand up comedy. I've been a fan of it for fucking years. Oh fuck yeah, man, it's great shit. And like Robin Williams, like he surprised me in this documentary too because I, I I forgot that he was in it. When I watched it again for the episode and like just to hear him say shit like he calls people cunts and he's like, uh, I, my, my dog was fucking me in my ass while my cat was licking my balls. I'm like, holy shit, Robin. <laughs> I think along the way you're going to pick up some hero. Dude, what sucks now is as an adult, I have to contrast because, you know, when I was around high school, I got the Chappelle show sophomore year, I guess. So senior year. My Nemencia was a big thing. Everybody was walking around school going, duh, 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 and shit like that. And right. Lo and behold, <laughs> a few <laughs> years later, that's that wasn't so bueno. Well, yeah, it's it's crazy. Like, like, and we made a point in the episode that brought up, like, I got brought up, like, in this day and age, if some, if the, if the right people wanted to fucking bitch about this movie, there are so many comedians that would get a lot of shit. Yeah. And, and like, there's a lot of people that you don't like realize. Like, Will Ferrell has dropped the end bomb numerous times on SNL back in the '90s, and you never hear anyone fucking mentioning it. <laughs> it's a different time, man. Oh, I know it, and I I think it's fucking great. Like, it's it's hilarious. Uh, I just to see that level of shock is uh, in this day and age. You just you just don't see that shit anymore. <laughs> you can't have it half and half. Like, it's one one or nothing. Unfortunately, and it sucks because I think some of the young people, they don't quite understand that yet. And it's fine. They will. (laughs) It's a learning process. Hopefully there will be a break in the wave soon and we can get back to normal. 
But, uh, you know, comedy is a reflection of the world, man. That's why we need comedians. It doesn't matter if you like them or don't like them. They're the people that you should be learning about your culture from <laughs> at the moment because they're like thermometers. Now, what, what do you think about this new wave of non-comedy that's coming out, like Hannah Gadsby and whatnot? So I watched a lot of Nanette. And it sucks because then I got to hear all the stuff after the fact about, I guess, they maybe piped in some laughter and stuff. I don't know, man. I'm not a comedian, so I don't think my opinion matters as much because it's not, right. my, it's not my job. I'm not the, the person, Mr. Judge of Comedy. I don't think that it should be considered stand-up comedy. Uh, you know, maybe a one-man show or a one-lady show, excuse me. It's a different thing. People are supposed to, to laugh more in, in comedy, I assume. Well, Albeit I, I, uncomfortable laughter, <laughs> that's fine. But there's a few <laughs> moments there where, yeah, I think people were like laugh raped. <laughs> where she was just screaming at an audience. Stand-up is definitely wanting to evoke emotion from people. Whether it's laughter or getting a fucking drink thrown at you. That's what you're trying to do. So... She well, is that, is that what she was doing, though? Because it seems to me like she was more trying to preach some kind of lesson about how terrible men are, essentially. Well, I mean, that was a part of it, but that's just standard, you know, lesbian, feminist. Rah, it's, hey, I get it. Be mad. It's just, it's not for me. So I, I watched it. I had my opinion. I just said, well, I've never heard of her. So I can't say yay or nay on you know how popular or famous she was, right. where she's from. But it sounds like she's been doing comedy for a long time, and maybe she just hit her mid-career crisis. Because that was the point that she was trying to make, is that she didn't want to be... She didn't want to do it anymore. She didn't want to be self-deprecating. That was the point that she made in a few of the, the opening jokes. She said, I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to feel you know, ashamed of this, that, and the other, because that is a thing in comedy. You get up and you shit on yourself. Uh, I'm a dumpy little fucker. My dick is small. I got no hair. My teeth are fucked up. That's how it goes. And I think that was a point she was trying to make, which I can appreciate. It just wasn't funny. So, you know, that's what do you, yeah, (laughs) it's not comedy if, if nobody's laughing, I guess, but that's my opinion. Is that what I'm supposed to say? I guess so. I, I just, we, we went on a little tangent about stand-up. <laughs> Sorry, man. It's just, I don't know. I didn't know what to think of it, to be honest with you. It's different. So, okay. Props. Cool. And I, yeah, yeah, I suppose. And I, I didn't, I don't even think I made it all the way through the thing. I was just like, I get, I get enough. I mean, there's no point in continuing the damn thing, but. <laughs> you watch, you watch a lot of the specials on Netflix, a lot of the newer ones or any. Shit that you've seen lately you were impressed with? Um, I mean, Anthony Jeselnik, I always thought his shit, make, his shit makes me laugh just because uh, him and I are both fans of a quality dead baby joke. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that's the only one that really stood out lately as far as liking. Um, Amy Schumer came out with one that I just, I, I don't know why I fucking watched it. You watched the was, whole thing? Oh, yeah, I watched the whole thing. Oh, man. I yeah, mean, I know. Trust me. I don't know why I did it. <laughs> There's the pregnant one, right? The pregnant yeah. Person. Yeah. Nah. It's okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't I don't want to be that guy. Like I said, I'm I mean, not, I, not the judge. 
I, I I never thought she was all that funny to begin with. I mean, nothing against her. I I, I liked what what she did on the Comedy Central roasts back in the day, um, before she got really big, I guess. But I, I just seems like it all went to her fucking head, and she found like like she found one or two things that make people laugh, and she's just beating it to the ground. It's not a good thing to get accused of like stealing stuff either. You know? No, definitely Even not. It, whether she did it or not, whether her that's not good for like the community i guess she seems to be doing okay you know whatever (laughs) yeah i like mark norman i think she's been promoting the shit out of him so i'm glad that she's around to promote mark norman good job mark well there we go (laughs) (laughs) do you have a recommendation box for your documentary thing i could give you some some stuff to look into and see if you'd be interested in Dude, I am I am always taking suggestions for documentaries or songs, like anything. I'm I'm down for it. Wow, I guess your homework thus far is Nathaniel Ratcliffe, right there. Okay, son of a bitch. Debbie, <laughs> uh, did you watch the uh, the Rat documentary with Morgan Spurlock? Uh, wait, wait, the is it the Raft or the Rat? Rats, like the rodent? No, I haven't. Oh, so definitely put that one in your queue. That'll That'll freak you out a little bit. I don't know how you feel about rats. I'm cool with that. I'll yeah. put it on. <laughs> There's one that I, I watch most of. I think it's a YouTube doc, and it's not terribly long. But if you're a music fan, I, I would highly recommend. There's a documentary about Randy Newman. No shit. Called uh, I Am Unfortunately Randy Newman. All right on, man. You should I, check that out. It's... It, it gave me a new respect for the guy, and I started listening to a few of his songs. And like, I'm a Randy Newman fan now. He's Randy Newman's a bad motherfucker. <laughs> I, I know, dude. Like, I, short people is fucking awesome. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff apparently that went on back in the day because he was a studio musician, so that's his thing. Like, he's he's a professional pianist, and uh, yeah, dude, he was just killing shit. All through like the seventies and eight, like big time, big deal, Randy fucking Newman, <laughs> and now he's just chilling. So it's it's interesting to see and get his opinion on it because he's kind of a dick too. So yeah, yeah, good I can stuff. see that. <laughs> I, I've always wanted to see him like do like like do the piano stuff, but branch out and to do like other styles of music, like a fucking a metal song with Randy Newman on like piano. It'd be fucking incredible. Just switch it. Have you had any thoughts of that one? Do you ever walk around the house singing shit Randy Newman style? It's a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, well, I got a te- I got a terrible Randy Newman voice, but I don't know how I don't know how well I could do that one. <laughs> Welcome to the jungle. <laughs> it's just like retarded Bob Dylan. You can do it. Uh, yeah, hey, you what you should. I see it just turns into Bob Dylan. <laughs> it's close enough. Oh shit, Brandon, Jody. Any closing remarks? Do you have anything fun that you would like to tell the people? Anything you'd like to point us to or an episode that you could recommend of your show? No. I got no, that. Fuck, fuck that shit. No. Um, <laughs> it's a lot at once. I'm sorry. I talk a lot, you know. Oh, no. You're cool, dude. Um, yeah. I mean, check us out. What the doc, uh, doc, D-O-C, as in documentary. We're, we're fucking everywhere, man. Like, I don't point to a podcast fucking listening area and you can find us. As far as good episodes go, the Aristocrats one is pretty high up there. Um, we've had two episodes so far where my fiance has thrown up based off of the content. <laughs> is, that, is that on mic? Oh, yeah. Well, she uh, 
the the aristocrats one is one of them. Uh, I mean, she's also pregnant, so it makes it a little easier to do that. Yeah. But uh, she like, she heard Gilbert or she heard Andy Dick talking about felching, and uh, that was it. She had to get up and walk out. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah, and then there was a another episode where we were talking about like one of our co-hosts learned about a new word called munging, and we broke out. We broke down what it was, and she just had to fucking. She had to. She had to go. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna take a stab at this, just because I think I've heard it before. Is that when you suck on a dead person's asshole and/or vagina? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty bad. Urban Dictionary, man. That's a scary place. Yeah, yeah D- Dan, uh, my co-host Dan, threw that word at me the, uh, before we recorded that shit, and then he brought it up. I was like, oh yeah. And I, I incorporated myself and Tara into the mix, too, where I was like, so our sex life has gotten stale, and I want to ramp it up a bit. And I was thinking she about couldn't... having a munging. <laughs> yeah, she, she couldn't handle it. <laughs> That's disgusting. Yeah, see, those are the ones that they're, they're disgusting for a reason. Just somebody pieced that one together in their head. Obviously, that's not a thing, you know. No, that's of course just, not. Right. My favorite shit on Urban Dictionary is the shit that is definitely a thing that somebody gave it a name. Like a Spider-Man. That's fucking hilarious. And throwing jizz at somebody. That's that's next level assault. But it's also, clever. it's very similar to Spider-Man. So it's almost like a good pun. <laughs> I saw one the other day that made me laugh out loud because I got a buddy uh, shout out to the, the host of Who Are These Podcasts? Uh, do you know what a hot Carl is? I've heard, I've heard of it. I can't recall. So hot Carl is when you shit into a sock and then you hit somebody in the face with it. <laughs> and a nuclear Carl is when you're at a party that, you know, not good. You're just like, fuck this party. I'm leaving. So you take two plates out of the cabinet and you shit in between them. And then you mush the plates down together real good and tight so they squish together. And then you put that shit in the microwave for 10 minutes and you leave. Oh, my God. That's horrible. Nuclear Carl. Save that one for your next pool party. Kids. Uh, dude, it's been, it's been a pleasure getting to sit and chat with you tonight. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to go get some dinner. And, uh, you know, uh, come back anytime, dude. I love talking music and bullshit and documentaries and all that good stuff. You seem like a really good guy. And I'm, I'm <laughs> glad to get to spend time with you this evening, man. Hell yeah, man. It's been a lot of fun, and uh, we'll have to get you on with the docs sometime, too. Sure. Hell, fucking let me know. <laughs> you know, I have to do some studying. I got to make extra time with this fucking baby. So, yeah, I call him a baby. He's three. But fucking <laughs> takes up all my goddamn time. But I don't mind. And uh, happily, man, let me know. We'll do something for sure. Sounds good. All right. Have a good one, man. All right. You too. All right. That was my conversation with Brandon. You guys be sure to go check out the show. And uh, oddly enough, we just recorded an episode of it. So hopefully this will coincide somewhere. I don't know how far behind he is, but uh, we sat around and talked for a while last night about a particular documentary, The Wild and Wonderful Whites of West Virginia. And uh, we did a show that was longer than the actual movie, for God's sakes. It was loaded. So great guy. Follow him. Check him out. Do all that shit. And hey, as for the rest of you. Uh, you know the deal. Like, subscribe, follow, tell your friends, tell your mama, tell your friend's mama about the show. Leave a review if you like. Go and check out some of the other shows on the NSFW Podcast Network, including, but not limited to, the Man Brain Podcast, Blunt Mommy Podcast, the Second Coming Show, which is the Reverend Jamal. We just uh, got to know him. 
and his show is up and running. Casual Sex with Crumb, The Prior Society, The Unicorn Report. All great shows. Be sure to check them out and uh, show them some love. Just got done speaking to Dave a few minutes ago. We talked about the aristocrats in this episode with Brandon, and Dave wrote a masterpiece of an aristocrat's joke, and I would like to share that. So I'm going to put it at the end of the episode. Just a heads up, it'll be after all the the music and plugs and promos if I put those in, and uh, it's impressive. And I just want you to know, Dave, uh, I appreciate your humor, and I think you knock that shit out of the park. And anybody who appreciates the aristocrat's joke... Uh, I'm sure would understand why it is a very good rendition. So be sure and check that out. And uh, as far as business goes, hey, check out the sponsors, www.spunklube.com. Go there. They got all kinds of lubrication for all of your holes and orifices and fuck toys and whatnot. And uh, it's it's good stuff, high quality. And uh, yeah, get some slippery on your dick, baby. And also, biobidet.com, B-I-O-B-I-D-E-T. Now, Bidets have swept the nation. They're all over. I'm telling you, I poop a lot. Probably not more than the average person, but enough. It's hot as shit. It's the summertime. And there's nothing more pleasurable and cleansing (laughs) than nice, cool water to rinse off your booty hole after a nice taco shit or whatever you happen to be rolling around with your nasty drive-through Taco Bell eating ass. It's changed my life, man. It's definitely one of my new favorite things that I want you all to experience. Power of a clean booty hole. Go to bioday.com, use the promo code POBOYS, P-O-B-O-Y-S. You get 10% off anything in the store. Now look, they got one for like $55, and it's free shipping. Try it out. If you don't like it, send it back. But I'm telling you, you're not going to send it back. (laughs) You're going to upgrade, motherfucker. And when you do, use my promo code, because I'm actually trying to get to this uh, Skank Fest South. That's my plan. I'm going to try to save my sponsor money and see if I can actually squeak out some tickets. Now, probably won't pay for them, but every little bit help. You motherfuckers want to support me and help get the old boys ODB to uh, Skank Fest South in Houston this coming March. Go buy a toilet and clean your asshole. But that's that. I appreciate you listening, and we'll be back soon. Uh, we're creeping up on that hundo, that 100 motherfucker. And it's already lined up. Guys, there is heat coming down the line, and I'm excited. I couldn't be happier than to have all of y'all come along no for the ride so thank you i'll see you next time i got on two chains no i ain't kidding boy i'm dream chase but i ain't from Philly, boy bitch bad and she say i can get it boy this a hit and i'm gonna make a nigga feel it boy my photo range my sweat is saying my campaign on 10 i'd like to be she better for but i'm really into her friend yeah i'll in the hill Got it off of cocaine A bitch of door, Lamborghini, condo off a bitch game Bitch, I'm in my lane Fresh as hell, no stain Robert Jean with the stone Just said, smash my chain I'm different, I'm a biffin' in my bitch On the rock, Tiffany, and you a rat You sing a symphony and I'm back Street been missing me and my wife silly My car ignorant, I'm the king of my city I'm banned up and I ain't in the band But my flow just like an instrument Bass, credit, yellow tape on the trees That hate is a disease Pussy, where they do that?
I got rats all in my cargo pants And stand the clip with a hollow man Your bitch ass, if your bitch bad, she get fucked fast Ain't no romance My diamond dancing in 3D, nigga Like a fake strip when you see me, nigga Your money wrong and my money long And I'm playing with it like P.E., nigga Real nigga, no joke Don't think that nigga, no hope I got a mini mat 10 and a hundred round drum Wanna cover it up under my coat And nigga, I don't wanna smoke your weed Playing gas, only thing I smoke And I gotta thank God for the drinkers on bank here Shout out to that, tell me everything I know Like, I do whip Cook it, cut it, dip Hand it to your partner, let them flood it through the city Really? We bout that ash, you try us and we bless it We turn to the mat, that's a motherfucking fact I'm a real nigga, fuck E-Rap Aight, aight Throw us up, throw us down When I'm in the club, bitch, it going down Shout it, think it, fuck Hand down, hands up Jet blue 60 grand on that Cherokee I be getting money like a motherfucking bitch Trump standing in the kitchen Nigga trying to blow a brick up from Man Brain Podcast. Here's my version of a very famous offensive joke. Do you know what offensive means, boys and girls? Yes, that's right. There are bad words like shit, fuck, piss, cunt, mong and jungle bunny. So shh, don't tell your parents. A family walks into a talent agency. The father says to the talent agent, we have an act the likes of which you've never seen before. But you're going to have to trust us. The family looks like conservative, God-fearing folk. The father dressed in his Sunday best suit. The mother looks like a 1950s housewife. The eight-year-old son, a miniature version of the father. The ten-year-old daughter, similarly modelled on the mother. Their smiles are so wholesome. Perhaps the joy of living a life free of sin and in service to God. The grandmother is in a wheelchair and is nursing a baby that couldn't be more than a few months old. And there are two dogs, a Great Dane and a miniature poodle. The talent agent is curious because these are not the usual people he deals with. Family acts don't play well these days, I'm sure you know. They're usually too cutesy for modern audiences. But sure, why not? I've got some time. Let's see what you've got. The whole family in a fury rips off all their clothes. The father picks up the baby, lovingly kisses it on the cheek. 
then punches it in the stomach. The father aims the baby so that projectile vomit shoots all the way onto the dick of the talent agent. The son and daughter had wheeled him from under his desk and pulled down his pants in preparation. They then proceed to alternate deep-throating the agent while punching each other in the stomach and dick and cunt. They proceed to throw up as well, giving ample lubrication to the talent agent's dick, which happens to be a 12-inch monster. The father announces, Now, sir, you're going to have the orgasm of your life, but it's going to kill you. The father pulls out a pet mouse that has been living in his asshole and crams it into the poodle, then crams the poodle into the baby like a turducken. There's a new word for you boys and girls, turducken. The mouse's hole is tight and is compressed further by the poodle and the baby. The father forces the mouse poodle baby turducken onto the talent agent's dick, aided by the vomit and the blood from the cramming. The agent is still in total shock as to what is happening. The father takes out a clear plastic bag and some tape and jams it over the agent's head, and he binds his hands together so he can't pull the bag or the turducken off. The father further announces, Now, keep watching the show while you have the climax of your life, and we'll see you in heaven. The talent agent gets over his initial shock and starts to resist. He knows he should resist. That is until he starts feeling the greatest pleasure of his entire life. How could something so wrong feel so right? And the act has only just started. The brother and sister keep jacking off the talent agent with the mouse poodle baby turducken, with one hand each while cunt and cock punting each other with their other hand and feet, and they keep puking for more lubrication. And there's blood and bile at this point, of course, as well. And I guess I should mention the shitting and pissing too, as they've lost all control of their bodily functions. Also, I guess of note is that all the family have been screaming the whole time with their favourite words. They all have that rare form of Tourette's where you only scream the worst words. They can't help it, so maybe it's not even worth a mention. But yeah, the father screams, NIGGER! 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 at the talent agent louder than when Kramer from Seinfeld lost it. Not that it matters, but the agent also happens to be black. And believe it or not, he gets off on the humiliation. The mother screams, Faggot! 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 at the agent, who also happens to be gay, not that that matters either. She screams louder than the Westbrook Baptist Church at a gay pride parade. The son screaming, Kike! Kike! at the agent who also happens to be Jewish not that that is really relevant at least not yet now all this screaming of the worst abuse only serves to heighten the pleasure for the talent agent grown ups are weird aren't they boys and girls unfortunately the screaming can't continue like it is or the act just won't reach its climax so the father proceeds to bag up all the family then himself while alternating between fisting himself using blood and puke as lube and jacking himself off so violently that he breaks his frenulum and blood streams out from the head of his dick. He sprays all the family with his dick blood. But yeah, the family do keep screaming their abuse, but now it's muffled through the plastic bags over their heads. (coughs) 
The talent agent is a little disappointed in this, but is getting so much pleasure from the mouse poodle baby Tuduckin, jacking him off, that he keeps going with it and is eager to see more. Have I painted a picture of what all the family is doing for their act? Father, son, daughter, baby and poodle? No, there's also the mother and the Great Dane and the grandmother. Yes. The mother, meanwhile, dances a waltz with the Great Dane. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two. While the Great Dane mouth humps and shits on the grandmother. Who is getting fucked with her giant horse cock dildo fuck machine? The grandmother punches the dog and the mother in their cunt and cock and the mother and Great Dane are tongue kissing each other while they trade puke and blood and some weird orange liquid. God knows what that is. But we'll get to God soon. Now, the talent agent has this massive grin on his face. The dog and the mother dancing reminds him of his childhood when his mother and father would fuck standing up in front of him while punching the shit out of each other. That was the only way they could get off, and was how he was conceived. The whole scene gets more and more furious. The punching harder, the puking more acidic and putrid, the shitting more liquidy and spraying everywhere. The horse cock fuck machine, cranked up to maximum, and almost pulling the grandmother's pussy right out. The turducken mouse turned to mush and the waltzing getting faster and faster. One, two, three, 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 one, two, three. Now, the act has reached his peak and the talent agent ejaculates so hard that the mouse baby poodle turducken shoots across the room and lands inside the grandmother's cavernous flappy pussy. She then comes violently from the force and squirts and sprays into the daughter's asshole, which triggers her to squirt and power shit into the brother's mouth, which of course makes him come into the eyes of his mother, which triggers her to squirt so hard her uterus falls out, which the Great Dane proceeds to eat and hump, which triggers the father to spray down the whole room like a fire hose with blood and semen. All this while they all, one by one, attempt to gasp their last breath (laughs) and lose consciousness. Scary, isn't it, boys and girls? The talent agent's last thought is that he wouldn't change a thing about his life. This act was worth dying for. All that remains is a pile of bodies, puke, blood, shit, piss, cum and a significant amount of pus from the grandmother's cunt boil, which naturally popped during the orgy. The dog, on the other hand, he's fine and is sitting quietly waiting for his owners to wake up. Little does he know that he'll get his wish. What do you wish, boys and girls? That your mummy will stop drinking and pay you more attention? You might be thinking that this is just a hideous murder-suicide, right? Wrong. The father had called 911 before entering the talent agency, and now it's a race against time to bring them all back to life. So, do we wait here, or do we see what's going on up in heaven? What do you reckon, boys and girls? Want to see what's going on in heaven? Okay. The talent agent's soul comes to, gasping for non-existent breath. (laughs) 
but still, with the massive grin on his face. He's in heaven, yes, boys and girls, literal heaven, inside the pearly gates with the family, who, not skipping a beat, have started up again with their act. Yep, they're all in heaven and nothing is off limits. The sucking, the fucking, the puking, the shitting, the farting, the pus, the period blood, it's all pure and holy. There's a crowd watching up in heaven too, including, yes, God himself. Many are engaged in acts which on earth are not considered to be virtuous. The agent notices other what look like to be families from different parts of the world, all engaging in their own heinous acts. An Indian family doing something very similar, but adding curry sauce and extreme body odour. A Korean family with fermented cabbages and a lot more dogs. A black American family with their Popeye's chicken and Negro spirituals. Well, they're not there yet. Uh, They're running late, of course. But yes, God, the old beardy man is joining in on the fun because, hey, yeah, the universe basically runs itself, so he can do whatever the fuck he wants. The Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost engage in a devil's triangle, fucking each other. That's right, boys and girls. That's what the Holy Trinity is all about. Jesus taking it being spit-roasted by his Father and the Holy Ghost. The Father and the Holy Ghost high-fiving. So excited are they by Jesus' holes and the performance going on all around them. Even, yes, the little prophet Muhammad, he's there too, diddling himself in the corner while fingering his eight-year-old bride. He's half watching the performance and half getting turned on by cartoon depictions of himself as a giant getting fucked by the twin towers while the people hurl themselves out of the building which tickles his little asshole god screams at the talent agent hey you kike faggot nigger do you repent all your sins the faggotry i dig the niggery is my favorite with your big black cock I'll be having that later on. But the kikedom I cannot abide by. See over there? See all those kikes pleading to get into heaven? Look closer and you'll see Adolf Hitler. Yes, Adolf Hitler. He repented and I forgave him for all his sins. So now, for all eternity, he gets his wish of torturing kikes who will not accept my son Jesus who, by the way, still has the tightest asshole I've ever had. Sweet baby Jesus. So, do you repent, kike faggot nigger? Do you repent, kike faggot nigger? Yeah, so turns out that God is definitely not politically correct, is he, boys and girls? Who would have thought? The talent agent looks over at his fellow Jews who are being tortured by Adolf Hitler and his dogs, and thinks, well, my religion is very important to me, but goddamn, this is the greatest act I've ever seen, so fuck it. Yes, God, I accept sweet baby Jesus into my asshole. Please 
forgive me for all my sins of kindness. Also outside the pearly gates, God points out some social justice warriors. They refused to bow down to God, who called them a bunch of fags. But keep fighting the good fight, social justice warriors. The talent agent then looks around in the crowd and notices some people he wouldn't have thought would have gone into heaven. But he guesses they repented and were forgiven. Michael Jackson is there with a shooting gallery of thousands of young boys bent over spreading their cheeks. Edmund Kemper is there screaming at his mother's decapitated head while skull-fucking it. William Shatner is there drowning his wife while reciting Shakespeare. Alex Cappy is screaming that Tom Hanks is a pedo while hurling himself off a bridge. Mel Gibson is getting raped by a pack of what he calls niggers, which is secretly what he wanted all along. The talent agent is confused because he thought these people were still alive and asked God what the deal is. Well, yes, these are clones we made up because we just had to put this shit on display. Who wouldn't want to see Mel Gibson being raped by a pack of niggers for eternity? And when he does die and repent, it'll be there waiting for him. He hates the Jews almost as much as I do. Yeah, so boys and girls, God is a kind of a bigot. Do you know that word, boys and girls? Yes, a bigot. But... He's the boss. He's in charge of the universe, isn't he, boys and girls? So, I guess what he says goes. In the distance, outside the pearly gates, a little Jewish girl wearing a red dress looks at the talent agent and pleads to be saved. The talent agent has a choice, and he makes the right choice. He goes outside the pearly gates, talks to the girl. Hi, little girl. As you're a heavenly creature now, you get the big black cock you craved on earth before you died of cancer. I can see it in your eyes. They never gave you your dying wish, but now I can. The little girl looks up and smiles. Yeah, big boy. Fuck all my holes while I keep this red dress on. Schindler's fist me, daddy. The father looks over the entire scene and nods. He's done it. This is the greatest performance of all time and those fucking kikes who run the entertainment industry on earth will finally listen to him. They'll be making so much money he won't even have to hide his anti-Semitism and can publicly trade kike jokes with Mel Gibson and Drew Barrymore. A tear runs down the father's eye as he nuts into his poodle who is inside his baby, who is inside his daughter, who is inside that elephant who was electrocuted for trampling people back in 1657. Back on Earth. The EMTs arrive at the scene and proceed to bring them all back to life with their paddles and CPR and fancy shit. The talent agent's grin is still shining through the plastic bag as it's ripped off. He comes to and screams with joy. Thank you, God. Thank you. Oh my fucking God in heaven. That was the most amazing act I've ever seen. What do you call it? The father announces. 
We're the Kikading Aristocrats. Well, says the agent, with an act like that, you could call yourselves the nigger faggot kike cunt skull fucking rapists, and you'll still be a massive hit. So, did you like that joke, boys and girls? Now, remember, this is our little secret. Don't tell your parents, or I'll come visit you at night in your bed, like your uncle does. Goodbye. Goodbye.